The Hoffman Show, we're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app, streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Uh, And of course, on that free Odyssey app, you can also listen to our sister station down in Richmond, 910 The Fan, 10 a.m. to noon every day. You find Michael Phillips, uh, who who has found himself still at the radio station. Uh, There he is. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, radio microphone in front of him and everything. Uh, Michael, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show on Not A Monday. It's a big day at Odyssey Richmond. We're having our strategy meeting for the year. Um, my, oh. stra- my strategy is co- to continue to wing it. Um, apparently, some people do prefer uh, a, a more cohesive strategy. So we'll, uh, we'll see if we can't come up with something that works for everybody. Mm. We, do, we use uh, a lot of Google documents. Uh, we have like a, a rundown mm-hmm. document. We have a Google sheet that's more topical and allows us to plan both vertically and horizontally. Now we're very inside baseball or inside radio. But that's fine. Uh, just I, I do find that doing a daily show, that's something I learned very quickly. The vertical uh, within the day and horizontal out through the weeks, planning, good strategy. Yeah, because the, the days add up on you. They sneak up on you. Um, we also have something called Odyssey Points. I don't know if you have Odyssey Points. I think you, I've gotten one or two. I don't know what, what they're good for. but you, I, you can redeem them for like coasters and backpacks and stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's... Uh, I don't know if that's common in your world, but we, you know, we dap each other up with the Odyssey points here. Nice. That's that good strategy. Collect the Odyssey points. Uh, <laughs> DA used to have a bit on his show when he was on CBS about Odyssey coins. I don't know what that was all about. Anyway, uh, speaking of, speaking of What's days sneaking up on you, uh, it's already, it's already January 10th. Yes. And uh, that's crazy. Uh, we're going to be in the middle of January soon. And all of a sudden next week at some point, I'm thinking we might have a front office executive. Five interviews uh, in the first two days, basically, of the offseason. I guess Monday doesn't count. Uh, that's day zero. But day one, day two of the offseason, uh, they got five interviews, including Adam Peters in San Francisco. I know when we talked, uh, what was it, about nine days ago, um, whatever that was, uh, the, the Tuesday after the season, we both thought Peters would stay in San Francisco. As you're yeah. following this, uh, as a beat reporter as well, of course, for the Washington Times. Like, what are you hearing about the the really or the realistic possibility that they could actually land Adam Peters? Yeah, dude's got ties to Bob Myers. Uh, he flew from San Francisco to Miami uh, on, uh, I guess it was Tuesday night to meet with Josh Harris. Uh, all signs positive here, right? He he's. Um, I love that Josh Harris too isn't just like, oh, can we get him? Let's get him but is going to complete the process, is going to talk to everybody else, is going to do all these other interviews. That's valuable for him as a guy new to the NFL to hear visions, to hear ideas, uh, to kick the tires on everybody else as well. So I I think that's very important uh, that he uses as a fact-finding process as well as a GM-finding process. Um, But I I think if Adam Peters is interested, you have to install him as the favorite here. Uh, What they've built in San Francisco speaks for itself. Uh, his track record speaks for itself. Uh, obviously, uh, some other really good candidates uh, that they're interviewing as well. But I think Adam Peters jumps to the top of that pile for sure. And my question then becomes, like, is he the only one they hire out of this pile? Um, because, you know, Peters, you're going to have to obviously at least make the GM, which is what they want to do anyway. But he could probably become the GM in San Francisco. Like, he might re- involve a fancier title now that John Lynch has been promoted and they've created some space there. Like, what kind of structure do you think we could be looking at and how high could they put Peters on that totem pole? Yeah, vice president, executive vice president, you know, football operations, things of that nature. I do think, right, so set aside Harbaugh, he's his own category. Basically, any other coach we're talking about here is going to answer to 
this guy. So I, I you can you can create a title like that, have him over everything, get another quote general manager into the building, uh, get get two people. Now I'm always weary of too many cooks in the kitchen, particularly given the sensitivities of this, what you walk into here, you got all the money to spend. You got a number two draft pick. You got a lot of options uh, that can create a lot of issues as well, right? Uh, It's not your scouting team making that pick. Uh, It's information you're coming in with and you're trying to figure out these relationships and trying to figure out how you build the future of the team and, and make really important like five and 10 year decisions. Uh, it's it's a tricky off season. It's going to be tricky for Josh Harris to navigate. I do love, it seems like the general manager search is going to wrap up quickly, which I love because these head coaching candidates, the ones coaching this week, they're eligible for interview, virtual interviews next week, gets that person in the room, in the call when that happens, which I love. Uh, Michael Phillips, of course, the Washington Times and 910 The Fan in Richmond. What like when you say quickly, like, do you have a sense of just how quickly? I I think it could be by the end of the week for sure. And wow. now some of this will depend on the team they're hiring from if they want to let that, because the rule is, of course, they can hang on to that person through the end of their postseason run if they want to. That that does apply across the board in the NFL, um, that they, they are allowed to say, you can go in February. Um, but as we've seen, of course, you make a behind the scenes hire, that person can be on the phone with you. It was, you know, the Jonathan Gannon thing where that got a little, little touchy there, obviously, where he was spending a Super Bowl week lining up his staff, uh, but it's certainly not unheard of. Um, so what, are there any differences rule-wise for front office versus head coach? Because the coaching stuff is like very clear, like, hey, you're, you're with your, your 2023 team until the 20, your 2023 season is over. But like an assistant GM, I don't know how much they're actually doing to prepare for a, a playoff game. So for yeah. Adam Peters or for Alec Hallaby, uh, if, if they go that direction in Philadelphia or whoever, you know, obviously like an Ian Cunningham, he's available. The Bears are done. Uh, but if, if it is Peters, Hallaby, et cetera, like they can come right away, can't they? I, th- I think so. Um, I think if it's an assistant to full GM, that's the distinction, right? You can't poach a GM to GM. Uh, without the permission of the team. Uh, I think it's different when they're a rung lower, right? Same thing. You can go hire wide receivers coach to be your play caller and offensive coordinator. You can't hire offensive coordinator to offensive coordinator without checking in and and going through all the steps. So I I think that's why you're seeing the only one on the list that wasn't an assistant general manager by title uh, was in Dallas. Um, And that's obviously its own very wacky setup with Jerry Jones, of course. Um, but I, yeah. I think the majority of these talks are with assistant general managers. That's where you want to find the next generation of, of leaders from. Have we heard if Will McClay, uh, who you're talking about in Dallas, has actually accepted the interview uh, yet? I know there was a request put out. I have not. And I also think he may be subject to kind of the rules we're talking about here, where Dallas could dictate the terms of that and potentially refuse it until that virtual window opens next week, um, which would be tough, obviously. I don't know. Why they would do that, uh, other than just competitive keeping your guy reasons, uh, but I have not heard resolution on that now. Well, I would say they also don't want to lose Will McClay in Dallas. I, I remember when I was working in Dallas a decade ago, like Will McClay's name came up every year because everyone's like, this guy's the best kept secret in football. And the thing is about secrets in football is there are none. Um, like people, people know that Will McClay runs that scouting department. And while Jerry Jones is the GM and Jerry certainly got thoughts like Will McClay's in charge. And yeah. so, so people know that, uh, and, and they've been able to keep him cause I think they pay him a lot of money. It's like, Hey, Jerry will deal with the media stuff. He might occasionally cause you a headache in doing so, but we'll compensate you for it. Uh, and, and thus will McClay has stayed in Dallas the entire time. 
there's also a nice cachet to working for the Cowboys, right? Telling your friends that and, you know, take them around the star. And, you know, you, if you get a ring in Dallas, like that, that counts double in, in the eyes of, you know, everybody else, it seems like, right? If you're quarterback for the Cowboys, you get to be on network TV. Those are the rules. I, I don't make them. It's just, it's the Cowboys world, man. Yeah, we're all just uh, living in it, trying to trying to beat him. And as Josh Harris, love to remind everybody at the, at the initial press conference when we bought the team, there was a time there that was, was Washington. Uh, and and obviously, like we saw, I mean, look, we saw Joe Theismann be the, the one of the analysts on Sunday Night Football forever. If they can turn this thing around, um, you certainly have to think that uh, life would be good for for future Washington uh, Commanders or or whatever they call them, as you asked Josh Harrison. He uh, distinctly did not say no to it. I didn't hear no. the other day. I heard a lot yeah. of words. I didn't hear no. A lot of we got other stuff we're working on right now, but we might be onto something there. Uh, Michael Phillips, nine ten, a fan. Continue. Yeah, down in Richmond to be continued. The theme of the week. All right, where are we at on head coaches? There's this. I don't know. Like the headline didn't match the story, in my opinion. Uh, in ESPN.com today, Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler like doing their notebook every day, and the headline was like Washington leaning defensive coach, and the paragraph really just said there's more defensive coaches in the marketplace than there are offensive coaches what are you hearing in terms of any direction on the head coaching side of things yeah and you got to give credit to josh harrison team they've been very good about keeping this process under wraps obviously we all learned about bob myers at the same time i did find it really funny though um i was listening to zach lowe's podcast on tuesday and he's like i've heard this rumor for weeks i'm like of course you have you don't work in the nfl (laughs) um and you also are a colleague of bob myers on espn so that's cheating your co-workers yes yeah that doesn't count at all yeah no anyway i just was like oh sure you know about it zach lowe what about the rest of us out here in the real world anyway continue yes they kept that under wraps very well yeah, you know, there, uh, by my count, seven requests out, five of them are defensive coaches. Uh, I think I may have the exact numbers and ratio off. Um, you don't hire seven people, you hire one person. And so in the end, you either hire an offensive guy or a defensive guy. Uh, it doesn't matter how many of each side you interviewed. Uh, I do think it's interesting, right, like this whole wave of consensus for so long has been got to get an offensive guy, work with your quarterback, have that stability. I totally get that. Um, I think there are good options out there in terms of either veteran offensive coordinators or younger guys, you know, your Kellen Moores of the world um, who could get a play calling opportunity, uh, so to speak, in Washington, where it's not maybe necessarily like mission critical. Um, I think that, you know, I hate saying culture, Craig. Um, I, I just hate talking about culture. We've done it too much and it means nothing and it's an empty word. Um, I think for Josh Harris, you look at some of these defensive coaches that are being interviewed. They are guys who are renowned for setting a tone on their teams and setting an atmosphere on their teams. And I think Raheem Morris is one of those guys. Everybody you talk to loves playing for Raheem Morris, right? So yes, he's a defensive guy instead of an offensive guy. Yes, culture is an empty word and it's 2024 and we say it and it doesn't mean anything. But I think it's at least marginally important to Josh Harris that whoever he gets is not a genius, but a leader. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think he would like to get both. And from what I've heard, like Ben Johnson kind of fits that mold. Yeah. Um, and there's some other guys that are, I mean, Mike McDonald on the defensive side seems to fit that mold as well. Um, I don't know. I like the culture thing because I think that's been part of the problem here. Yeah. And, you know, when, when it's, when it's not present, or like the culture's bad and you're around it, it feels very stupid because everyone talks about it and you know they almost don't even realize how bad it is. But then when you see it at work when it's good, you're like, oh, I see how this works. And I do, 
Like that's something that I think is going to be pretty fascinating for the new, um, the new regime on the personnel side, nevertheless, the head coach side, like there's going to have to be cohesive uh, or cohesion and talking about this. But like when you hear first Jahan Dotson's comments, right at the end of the regular season about how some of the veterans or some of the leaders like maybe are accepting losing. And then you hear like Logan Thomas and Charles Leno be like, yeah, we didn't really like the enemy that much. Um, and we know that the enemy was like really pushing. If there's not that buy-in from your key veterans, like, there could be some tough decisions to make. Like, you know, John Allen, when he was on with the junkies earlier this week, he's like, he was excited about what Josh Harris said. I think John would like to be here when push comes to shove, but like, do you want to be here? Or do you want to be here if things are going your way? And like, those are the kinds of things that I think, you know, February is kind of going to be spent talking about of which of these veterans, which of these leaders actually fits the new culture versus the need for a blank slate uh, on the leadership side as well. And then the need to turn over a lot of this roster, uh, you know, you're you're looking at a big, big chunk of turnover coming uh, that maybe isn't necessarily the norm or, or, you know, even coaching change norm. Right. Ron Rivera came in. He turned over the whole roster, brought in all his Carolina guys for this reason. It just didn't pan out at all. Right. And now you got to do the whole thing again and you got to go through this whole process again. Uh, I think I do think John Allen is maybe headed for the trade block just because the contract's so good. Um, you know, he's arguably underpaid for the next two years. This is probably the year where he would come in asking for an extension. Uh, I think that gives you an opportunity here to potentially deal him, potentially get value for him on the market. Um, but yeah, you mentioned it, right? So Eric Bieniemy is such a polarizing figure this year. And Eric Bieniemy is a polarizing figure, but also the, the veterans didn't come across well, right? They came across as, I didn't want to work hard. Um, that, you know, and, and ultimately that was to Eric's detriment too, right? Reverse car wash in Ashburn. You come in clean, you leave dirty. It wasn't anything he did, but he comes he comes through Ashburn and, and he leaves. And all of a sudden, you know, he's got this tag on him that, that guy, you know, guys don't like him or don't like playing for him or whatever. Uh, when, it, you know, the environment was just as much of a contributing factor as it was Eric Bieniemy's coaching itself. Uh, that's why, right? I mean, you mentioned, obviously, you know, you need, a leader, you need, you know, somebody who can call the plays well. Um, but I, I just think the most important thing is somebody who's going to get everybody pulling the same way. Andy Reid runs a notoriously tough training camp. You never hear a peep about it out of there. Bill Belichick for many years ran notoriously tough practices. You never heard about it until they started losing. You need somebody who's going to instill that kind of atmosphere. But even then, like Josh McDaniels and Matt Patricia and a lot of these other New England uh, Belichick no. acolytes tried to do that stuff elsewhere and it didn't yeah. work. And so I think there is something to like, and there's a touch that Andy Reid has with it, a touch that Bill Belichick has with it. Um, and that there's like an air of toughness about it. And that's a word that we've kind of circled a lot uh, when Logan and I have talked about all this stuff is like, there's a toughness that works. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, it winds up being like bravado and machismo, which are not good things yes. um, versus toughness, which is a very good thing. Yeah. To toxic, right. It becomes a toxic culture. All of a sudden, if, if you don't, and that's, I mean, that's why Ben Johnson's going to be the, the star of the class, right? Everybody has spoken highly of him. There's no like, ah, he's just doing what so-and-so does. And I, I don't think Dan Campbell gets enough credit in, in Detroit. I think that's an entirely separate conversation, though. What matters is Ben Johnson, leader of men, also very smart at what he does, right? Those are the kinds of guys you have to bring in. And those are the kind of guys who I think want to clean house as soon as they get here. And not necessarily bring their own guys in, but just bring guys in who are young, hungry, eager to work, 
uh, all those great things. And, and I do think they'll get a blank check from Josh Harris. Uh, it doesn't have to happen in year one, right? I think Josh Harris is pretty clear on that Monday when he was talking with us. I would love for this to happen quickly, but I, I'd much rather it happen correctly and happen sustainably. Um, everything he said was like so anti-Harbaugh that like it's kind of funny we're still entertaining it. Um, and yet he also said, I'm flexible to talent and Harbaugh's the talent. Um, and he just yeah. wins. So I, I, those are the two things I try to reconcile, right? Like you've got Harbaugh in one bucket and then everybody else in another bucket. And, you know, you can interview five defensive coaches, but if you end up hiring Ben Johnson, you didn't lean defensive coach in the end. You just lean, lean towards the best candidate you could get. Yeah. Uh, wrapping up here with Michael Phillips, uh, of course, the Washington Times and 910 a fan down in Richmond, MP on the mic, 10 a to noon daily, which you can listen to up here in DC on the free odyssey app so let's let's uh dive in the harbaugh bucket are you interested yes he's a winner he's a winner how could you not be how could you not at least kick the tires on that um my concern is if you have peters lined up um is harbaugh going to want to push him aside um or is he going to want to marginalize that side of the building the answer is potentially yes um i think that's almost certainly yes that's what he does that's what he does even if he says otherwise he's going to end up doing it anyway uh, i don't think that's a great place to start from you know you, you've had all this great positive momentum talking to football guys getting football guy ideas and then you go that way um you you'd have to make him the first and final hire essentially um on the other hand all the guy does is win uh, four years from now, he's going to leave. You're going to have to start over. You're going to have to reboot everything, but you probably had some pretty good years between A and B. Yeah. That's where I think I just, I go, you want to know what for this team, like should Jim Harbaugh get an NFL job? And if I was in LA, would I want Jim Harbaugh? Absolutely. Slam dunk. We're built, we're built to win now. If I'm in Atlanta, so I want Jim Harbaugh. I would love that. Like I, I saw, uh, in that same ESPN piece with Graziano and Fowler, like, Belichick's considering Atlanta apparently and they're considering him and like I don't hate that fit yeah. um, he's still Bill Belichick he still knows what he's doing um, it's a matter of can they figure out quarterback there and, and whatever but here where it has been 25 years of chaos I don't know that tacking on an extra four is the right play so and they're not built to win now they're not built for anything quite frankly they need to be built and I don't know if Harbaugh's the guy like I don't know how far down the list I would I would just be willing to deal with it to know that I'm going to get a couple good years when I'm trying to build something that is more sustainable long-term, when I'm trying to find my Belichick, when I'm trying to find my Mike Tomlin, when I'm trying to find the guy that, you know, look, coaches don't last 15 years in this league. Um, that's, that's a wish and a prayer. And, you know, you get one every, every eight or so years gets hired that lasts for 10. Um, and Tomlin's done it in, in Pittsburgh. Belichick's done it in New England. Uh, I guess Harbaugh, John has done it ironically in Baltimore, but other than that, you don't, you don't get that. So trying to trying to plan for 10 years is tough. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try. And uh, Jim Harbaugh is not a 10-year plan. No, 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 no. Jim, Har Jim Harbaugh is a very near-term plan. Um, Russell Wilson, right? We're going to have that discussion with Russell Wilson at some point once the Broncos release him, right? Somebody's going to take a bite at that two-year window Apple because they can't do any better. Uh, but, but yeah, to, to your point, and everything we've heard from Josh Harris is I'm in this for the long haul. That's a hire that communicates I was not actually in this for the long haul. Yeah. Russell Russell to Atlanta with Harbaugh. How does that go? Great. As long as until it doesn't. Would it, or would they? 
they would all hate each other and they would win. They would win 12 games and nobody in that building would be able to stand the, the sound of anybody else's voice. Fans are like, that sounds awesome. I'm not in the building. Just win the games. Like, can you think of two more polar opposite personalities than Jim Harbaugh and Russell Wilson? Well, you'd start with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, certainly. That's also actually a great point. <laughs> but yeah. I think Russ, Russ would be like, no, I've done this. I just give me a soft. Like, if I'm Russell, I don't even care about winning right now. I just want a one-year deal somewhere that's not going to be miserable. Yeah. I, Belichick and Russ is a very interesting pairing as well. Um, like a Russ I actually think that's a better fit. A better fit for sure, but like a rest of the Titans, right, where he can just have a soft landing, be be decent, you know, put them in the wild card hunt, a low drama, low drama season for Russ may be exactly what's what's in order for him. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, speaking of Tennessee, you interested in Vrabel? Uh, I, I, again, I think you got to kick the tires on it. Um, I, I think he, he's talented enough. He relates to the players really well. Um, I don't know that he fits this mold right here. I also think it, it, this is a horrible botch by Robert Kraft. If Rabel doesn't run out of that tunnel, we're in the polo week one. He's just I such an also, such Yeah, a, no, I, I also agree with that. And there's that report, you know, there's various reports like Belichick wants to stay or whatever. Um, with Vrabel available, the decision makes itself. You've got to make the move now, as Belichick would say, a year early, not a year late. Yeah. Oh, 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 Michael Phillips uh, <laughs> dropping that kind of knowledge uh, in your your newspaper. If you still subscribe to such things, uh, they, they have a website as well, uh, writing about the commanders for The Washington Times. And of course, 910 The Fan talking about it every day down in Richmond, which you can listen to live on the free Odyssey app or on demand on the free Odyssey app. The Rewind feature is excellent. Anytime. Anywhere. Michael, thank you, sir. We will talk to you next week, hopefully with a front office person. In the I'll look forward to it. Still to come on the Hoffman Show. All right. Uh, as for more on Adam Peters, Bonte Hill from 95.7 The Game joins us next. The Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.